I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Donnie's back again. I am. And this week, I wanted to talk about stuff we've made. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we've been talking about buying a lot of stuff recently. Mm-hmm. It's been a little overwhelming, really. The buying or the talking about buying? Mostly the buying. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we've had a couple episodes that were very similar in talking about buying stuff in different iterations. Hmm. And we were going to do kind of a Christmas roundup of new stuff we got, but my feeling is maybe that we should kind of integrate those things into different episodes about why we got them. Whoa. Yeah. So it's not just like, look at all these things we bought. I don't know. It's been overwhelming me lately. So I wanted to this week talk about stuff we've made because I feel like I've been on a bit of a crafting binge recently, Hmm. and I've been really liking that. I've been liking low-budget sort of like DIY things for reasons that I like DIY things like you can be proud of them and they can be exactly what you want and they can be low cost rather than bringing something new into your apartment mm-hmm. that's what I think it's my podcast so we can do whatever we want wow yeah what are we gonna talk about first do you what would you call this thing I'm calling it a memory board but I don't know if that's like Correct. Like, if you were to Google one uh, or like look on Amazon for one, what it would be called? When I hear memory board, I think a little bit of photo displays at funerals. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, but apparently, memory board can be what this is too. Maybe there's a different word for photo displays at funerals. Let me see. Like, what is this one being <clears throat> like literally marketed as? Oh. Just exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, that that says wall frame. Which is like not, not. <laughs> yeah, it is quite, oh, or like a memo board. A memo. Yeah. Yeah, like you can put that them. That strikes me as like office Some people like people kitchens and stuff so mm-hmm. that you can, you know what I mean? Photo memory board. Yeah. Okay, I think people get what we're talking about. It's basically just a way that you can put a bunch of like, photos or different things up on a wall often like sometimes they're upholstered and then have ribbon in kind of like a cross pattern i've seen some new ones recently that are made of like metal Mm. like metal grids it basically just has to be grid so you can kind of like tuck the photos in you know what i mean yeah update funeral memory boards are a thing but you can also just have regular memory boards while you're alive yeah no this is not no one is dead in this scenario (laughs) Um, I just wanted to clarify that I didn't make that up in my head. That's, that's what those things yeah. are called. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I made one of those, and I guess the background of this is that I've had one of these since college. I think I got my first one in college, and we're looking at Amazon right now because we wanted to figure out what the thing was called. Mm-hmm. And the like, the first hit is the one I had in college. Yeah. Um, and then when I moved... Mm, are you going to link it in the show notes? I mean, we can, yeah. I mean, it's right here. <laughs> um, when I moved to Brooklyn, actually, I decided to get a new one, and that one I got 
at TJ Maxx. Mm. And that one, actually, it was just an upholstered board, and you had to use, like, thumbtacks to put the photos in. And then neither of those have been aesthetically the thing that I wanted. Mm -hmm. It was just functional in the way that I wanted it to be functional. I wanted to be able to put up some photos because I think there are two ways people go in this scenario. Either you are a person who prints photos Mm -hmm. and you have like a bajillion photos everywhere, or you're a person who keeps your photos in the internet (laughs) and then you have zero photos. Right. And I kind of like for there to just be like, a smattering of photos, wow. like just some. So Great it word. looks like you have people you care about in your life, <laughs> but not too many that you have to look at those people all the time. Sure. So I I don't even remember where I came up with this DIY. I just kind of felt to myself like I was in a mood. I was going thrifting mm-hmm. and I was like, I couldn't make one of these feasibly to have it be more in the style of what I want. And I was liking those metal grid ones Mm -hmm. because I think it's kind of a more understated sort of look versus the upholstered one. And I had had two upholstered ones. And then I was like, okay, but rather than buying this, can I get like a, oh, you know what I did? I looked on Pinterest Mm. and I found some inspo pics. And what I was liking was like an old traditional frame Mm -hmm. with, the metal grid on the inside and I was like oh great I have all this floral wire left over because I was making flower crowns ah yes <laughs> I don't think if I, I don't remember if I discussed that on the podcast ah. but I was I making some flower crowns and I have like yards and yards and yards of floral wire and I was like great I get to reuse something I've already spent money on mm-hmm. and then I knew that on this thrifting journey I was going on I could more than likely find an empty frame so I had the idea and I did find an empty frame. I, the frame was $30. So this is not like a no budget DIY, but it did allow me to reuse that floral wire, which was really exciting because I'm not like a manufacturer of flower crowns, you know, <laughs> like I don't do a lot of floral work. So I was just going to have a lot of that left over. So I felt really good about it. And my idea, the, it's a wooden frame. And so my idea was going to be that I would staple the wire to the back of the frame basically yes and that is kind of what went down i put the frame upside down on the floor i measured out how big i wanted my grid to be so i decided yeah (laughs) i decided to go um two inch by two inch which Mm. gave me kind of like based on the size of the frame i want to say it's um 18 by 24 yeah But not exactly that, because it's also like a handmade frame. So it's not exactly 18 by 24, and you wouldn't be able to put an 18 by 24 thing in the frame. Mm. Um, Tricky. So I thought that the the two inches, uh, I initially thought three inches, because both of those things are divisible by three as well. Uh, But two inches seemed to be better for like the spacing and getting photos actually in there. So I measured that out and I marked on the back of the frame where every two inches was, both Mm -hmm. vertically and horizontally. And then I just used those pencil marks to line up my floral wire. I will say I ended up stapling everything and that wasn't as secure (laughs) as I wanted it to be. So I literally just put like a little dollop of Gorilla Glue on over like each staple wire junction um 
And that solved it, obviously, because Gorilla Glue solves everything. So it was a little more involved than I thought it was going to be, but literally not. I mean, I think it took me like half an hour, maybe. Mm. Um, The other thing I did was, it's not like I... I think I put all of the horizontal ones in first. And then to put in the vertical, I didn't just like put them in. I actually wove them like up, down, up, down, up, down. So there was a little bit of interaction between the horizontal and vertical pieces of floral wire. Wow. Yeah. Um, like, because, uh, like latticing a pie top. Yes. Wow. Um, <clears throat> what it really reminded me of is remember when you used to do those really problematic crafts at school um, for Thanksgiving? Ah. No, just like people mm. in America. Um, Where you like would make a corn husk doll or something and it was like... No, you never did that? No, we always made hand turkeys. I don't have a... Oh, my God. It's corn husk dolls. uh, Yeah, I went to an elementary school where, like, every year we were doing these, like, really, like, um, patriotic, sort of, like, nationalist Thanksgiving crafts, and one of them was, like, weaving a placemat, and so, like, you'd use... That sounds pretty advanced. ...construction paper, and you'd, like, cut slits in it, and then you'd have to use other construction paper and go, like, up, down, up, down, up, down. That It was, like, really triggering for me of that memory. But apparently that's not a memory a lot of people have, so that's just me having no, this experience right now. No, I never had right to now. do, I don't think anything like that. Hand turkeys mainly. Probably at some point I had to, like, make a pilgrim hat. Mm. Probably the most weird thing. But yeah, no, never had to weave a placement. <laughs> Out of construction paper. Yeah. Which would obviously turn into, like, a really soppy mess if you actually used <laughs> yeah. it as a placement. Yeah. Because he laminated it, I guess. I don't remember them being laminated personally, but maybe I blocked that out. Yeah, Point probably being, If you've ever, like, woven a pie top or, like, something like that, it was very woven similar. Yeah, it, like, wasn't hard by any means. Um, and it was just so that it looked like they were interacting a little bit, that it didn't look like I laid one over the other. Mm. But, I mean, do you. It's your craft. And then I obviously needed something to help me, like, attach the photos because unlike the ones with the ribbon it like there's not tension that would hold the photos to the back Mm because there is no back oh the other reason i wanted to do this is because it's going in the bedroom and i Mm. wanted there to be like more black wall visible because i always just want there to be more black wall visible so i thought it would be cool to have like the frame and then the wire and then the black wall behind it Mm -hmm. yeah um so i was on etsy looking for like vintage paper clips or something that i could use to hold the photos on and then i was like oh wait i actually already have some clips from like something else that i took down and so i was really yeah (laughs) i was really pleased with myself because there was like a lot of reuse in this situation and then i used the clips to put the photos up and now it is done yeah you only bought the frame right yeah everything else yeah 30 dollar craft yeah it went really well i am very pleased with it boom also i so i we don't have a printer anymore and obviously all of my photos are in my phone Mm. so I, you can like basically email your photos to CVS and have them print them for you. I'm not going to recommend that because I feel like if I had looked a little bit harder or like done some more research or something, I would be able to have found like a cheaper, better option to get these photos done somewhere. Um, so, I mean, do your own research and maybe like do better than I did, but like, I only only wanted like three to five of them or something and I wanted it to be like done. So it was 
easy to just pick them up at the CVS down the street. It was like $10 though, which is more dollars than I wanted to spend on such a thing. So I <laughs> could only imagine that there are better options out there. I just was too lazy to find them this time. Yeah, no, there were 10. Yeah. Hmm. You had three, right? Did I do three or four? Oh, you did four. I did four, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I don't hmm. know. Um, moving on. <laughs> um, we Have we talked about the bookend situation on the mm, podcast? A little bit. Well, I know that we talked about getting the one on Cherish. Yes. But what about the other one? Because now the, the problem is that the other one is acting out. Yeah, well, that's that problem, which we're going to talk about right now. So the issue is that we had one bookend, and we needed to acquire another one. We did that on Cherish. I'll link the episode in which we talked about that. I think uh, thrifting in person versus online. Mm. That one is great. Having yeah, a great yeah, time yeah. with it. But now the other one is, like, having a hissy fit. Because the one we bought from Cherish is, like, it's like a brass shape. And then it has a plate on the bottom of it on which you put the books so that, like, the weight of the book also holds the bookend to it. Physics. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've been, like, trying to explain this, and I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but I'll try to take some photos for the show notes <laughs> that, like, accurately explain it. Maybe draw a diagram. Yeah. Get in there. Um, the other bookend that we have is just from Target, and I, like, picked it up randomly one time. And the way this bookend works, it's, like, it's a cube, and it is the weight of the bookend is supposed to be the thing that holds the books up. It's just a cube. Yeah, the way this one works is it's just heavy. Yeah, but it's not heavy enough because sometimes we'll just be like sitting on the couch and all of a sudden the bookend will like jump off the shelf. Yeah. You have no sound effect for that? Mm, I don't know. It's odd when, I mean, it would just be like a. It's really violent, though. It seems like it gets, like, shot, you know, like, across the room by the weight of the books falling on it. Yeah. That's true. I think that clap will come in violent enough. Okay. We'll see. We can try another one. It's always really shocking. Yeah. It's always like, oh, holy shit, what just happened? So what I wanted was to convert this bookend from, like, a... If there are, like, two categories of bookends. From, like, a weight-only bookend to, like, a... Like, what would you call the other one? Uh, a weight and plate. Boom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was good. I liked that. Yeah, I like to put a plate under there. And I thought this was going to be easy. I thought I was going to waltz in a Home Depot or, like, Michael's or something and be like, I just need, like, a four inch by four inch, like, really thin metal plate that I can gorilla glue to the bottom of this bookend. Like, let's be real. I... <laughs> Three of the four crafts we're talking about today involve Gorilla Glue. Yeah. So Gorilla yeah. Glue, if you're listening <laughs> and you're looking for a sponsor. Please sponsor us. It turns out that you can't have that. Mm. The only metal plates that Home Depot had were really big mm -hmm. and I had no capacity. I, we can't cut metal here. Yeah. That's not what we do. Um, I thought about buying some brackets from Home Depot, just like... I don't know, they're probably an eighth of an inch thick, and they have two holes in them, and you can, like, screw them onto wood to you hold the wood together. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And actually, I did buy them, and then I left them at Dylan's house over Christmas. Mom, so, mom, mom. Um, But then I was like, I'm not going to buy those again because they're thick, and I don't want it to look like this bookend is, like, 
sitting a half inch above the top of the bookshelf. Like I want it to be a subtle effect. Mm -hmm. So I was walking through Michael's one day just being like, what am I? There has to be something here that I can make what I want. And it turns out that they have these things um, that are to be used as like to center the wicks of candles if you're Mm. pouring candles. So it's uh, two pieces of metal that cross and then their ends are turned down so that they would kind of like sit on top of a, a round jar. I didn't know that's what that was for. Yeah. And it has, they have a <laughs> hole right in the middle that you would put the wick through to hold it up while you're pouring the wax around it. Ah, I saw the hole. I thought they were just another like weird set of brackets or something. I didn't know what they were that you got. That's wild. Yeah. And the reason I bought it was because the metal was as thick as I wanted it to be. And it looked very poorly constructed, like I would be able to break it. (laughs) Because what I really wanted was like two parallel pieces of metal, you Mm -hmm. know? So I buy this. It was $3, I think. And it, I brought it home. And it turns out that it was really hard to break. Mm -hmm. And I was really stressed out about it. I was able to fold the ends so that the ends were like flat again. But I couldn't get the like crossed pieces apart and that was really stressful (sighs) yeah i was i was actually um banging on them with a hammer and a um a screwdriver like a wedge i was trying to like wedge them (laughs) um so so then i decided okay i'll leave it in the t and i'll put it on the bottom with just like one end of the t sticking out Mm -hmm. But then the back corners were really off balance. Capital T or lowercase t? Lowercase t. Mm. Yeah. More of an X, really, but you, like, imagine it, like, turned mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. To fit on the bottom of a cube. Um, so then the back ends were off balance, and I went back, and I bought a second one, and I was <laughs> like, okay, I really have to break one of these things. Like, I just need the back bar to be even. So I, I really went in mm-hmm. on it. I was like struggling. I was on the floor. I was on the floor <laughs> struggling with this thing. And I finally fucking broke it apart. And so I glued one T and then the back has like a, a separate bar to keep the back corners even. Mm. I'll have to put pics in the show notes because clearly it doesn't make any sense. I, gl- I used Gorilla Glue and then I used painter's tape to kind of like hold it flush yeah. while the Gorilla Glue was drying. Because... Gorilla Glue expands when it dries, which is something to be careful of always. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess we can't confirm or deny that it works because at any point the bookend could fall off and disprove it. Yeah. But currently, yeah, since I have done this, the bookend has not fallen. It's true. It looks better, too. I feel more secure. You can kind of tell. You can tell when it was about to fall. Once, once you got used to it, because <laughs> things started going slack. Oh you, yeah, you know, and you could tell like, like the books on the end would start to like bend a bit, and you'd be like, hmm. But so far, that hasn't happened. Yeah, so I'm hopeful about it. I think that this worked out, and this was like a six dollar DIY. Wow. And I feel good about this. Thirty six dollars so far. Yeah, I feel good about this because. We had a bookend, and there was nothing wrong with that bookend, except that it didn't work as a bookend. Mm-hmm. And so we, like, saved that piece, you know, versus yeah. getting rid of it and even trying to thrift a new one. Yeah. Yeah, because it was fine. Like, it looks fine. 
just needed to wait and play. Hashtag diet score corner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that worked out quite well, I thought. Mm-hmm. And then my other day, I'm like particularly proud of this one. Yeah, do the, you want to save it for last then? Oh, the yeah, diet? okay. Yeah, you do All yours. Right, I'll talk about mine. I uh, made my gearbox into a little memorial box, my hiking gearbox. I guess it's really well, a chest. It, you're also making it sound like really, like, I was going to say deathy, but that doesn't really make, <laughs> you know, like, it's not a memorial box to Wait. like, it's not like full of ashes. <laughs> It's not an urn. Like. No, it is not an urn. It is a memory board. It is a memory board <laughs> of memories of people all still alive. Jesus, let me explain my project. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I made a memory board. Uh, so yeah, so I got the. I think I talked a little bit about getting the stuff. You did, yeah. Yeah. So I had all this stuff. You and shouldn't reiterate that. When you hiked the, um, I want to say, the long trail yeah. it, through Vermont, you sent them a little thing that showed them that you did the whole thing, and then they sent you swag. Yeah, essentially, yes. Uh, swag, there's a, a certificate, a patch, a bunch of stickers, um, and then the patch has a little rocker, which is like a little curved piece that you can put on the bottom of the patch. Um, and they're specific, so I haven't end-to-end rocker that I did I like that that's what it's called. I didn't know that they had, like, a phrase for that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not just that. any kind of patch that has that, from, like, Boy Scouts to Biker Gangs, any, like, <laughs> little curved piece of a patch that, like, accentuates what what's going on with the patches. That. Anyway, yeah, it's cool. Uh, word. Patches, Boy Scouts to Biker Gangs, hashtag Donnie's Decor Corner. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you could do like a DIY book about that, about like all various ways to attach and use patches, mm. you know. First ebook coming from Apartment 26. <laughs> and the subtitle is <laughs> From Boy Scouts to Biker Gangs. <laughs> Just to explain like what your audience is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's Boy Scouts who turn into biker gang members, clearly. <laughs> uh, point being, I had all this stuff. Some people put them on their packs, but I didn't really want to do that. Uh, I thought about it at first. Uh, it's like... You wrote a lot of blogs about it where people were talking about the pros and cons of that life choice. Yeah, I did. It can potentially like seep water into your pack over time. Um, because you've punctured the waterproof pack with the needle to sew yeah, on the patch. If you sew. And then if you iron... Sometimes it just falls off because the packs are going through like pretty extreme weather. So then I was like, oh, maybe I'll put it on the bag I used to commute with. But then, like, like why would I have just, like, a long trail patch in my New York commuter bag? Like maybe, It'd be a weird flex. Yeah. So as I was in these forums reading about the pros and cons, uh, someone was like, oh, I just keep my stuff in, like, my my gear area in my garage. And it's like, oh, huh, that's pretty simple. I kind of like that. And it's like, wait, I don't have a garage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is how far you got into the thought process before you were like, I don't have a garage. <laughs> so then I was like, but I do have this giant-ass trunk. Uh, so I opened it up and thought about it. I think I consulted with Jordan. And after thinking it through, got a pegboard from Michaels. Yes, yeah, yeah. Michaels. 
because um, I looked for the bookend stuff there first, too. Yeah, you were already going to Michael's, so I kind of sent you as an envoy to yeah. figure out what was going on with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got, I think it was, I don't know, like seven ninety nine something like that. It wasn't a lot. And, I mean, basically, similar to the other projects, measured it out with some pencil markings. Because um, you, you didn't get a piece of corkboard that was, like, the same size as the inside of the trunk lid. Yeah, yeah. So what you wanted to do was center it in this case. Yeah. Yeah, I measured the, the trunk lid, and it's like, uh, I don't remember the measurements right now. But it wasn't obviously a standard size. It's a trunk lid. Right. So I knew I wasn't going to get something that fit perfectly. So I got something that would fit within the dimensions and then we could center it. And then it's also, uh, because it's a trunk, the lid is like recessed back. So it kind of creates a nice, almost shadow boxy effect. True. Um, so yeah, I measured it out with the pencil marks, like Jordan was saying with the frame. Gorilla glued it, taped it up, and that was really <laughs> Waited that. Waited for it to dry. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty simple craft. The measuring was the trickiest part, and then I just put all my stuff up there, and yeah, now it has a place to live. I think this is a cool idea because even if people don't have a hiking trunk and hiking patches and rockers to put um, in it, like it's a pretty usable DIY. Yeah, you know, people with toy chests i feel like i'm always hearing people talk about where to put their kids art because mm. children make so much art and it's of very little value uh um, yeah, good one put it in their like toy chest yeah and mm. let them like hang it inside a toy chest or if you have yeah, that's really cool i like that a hope chest at home or something and want to keep sort chest. of yeah you know how sometimes i mean maybe this is like that a, sounds like some funeral shit <laughs> <laughs> we saw one on making it remember kia made one um, for that couple's wedding. It's like a... I didn't watch that first season with you. I oh. didn't watch that. So. God damn it. Um, so it used to be like a prairie thing. Like part of one's dowry was a hope chest. And like it, it was given to you on your wedding. And then you would collect um, things in it from your life. And then you pass it down to your kids. But some people still like... So it is a dead person thing. It is. <laughs> yes, it is a dead person thing. <laughs> But, like, people keep mementos, and then they keep the chest at the foot of their bed or something like that. And so you could, unless it was, like, very valuable and handmade or something, like, put a piece of cork in the lid and, like, keep photos and stuff there as well. Mm. Or little mementos if Mm. your family is handing down patches or, like... For some reason, I'm picturing lace doilies, but I don't know, like, why you would have a bunch of valuable doilies. You know what I mean? It's like some pretty prairie shit. Yeah. Like, if you have a chest... (laughs) That you keep shit in. You could put cork in there and add, like, another layer of storage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's really, like I said, it's very easy. Yeah. It applied right away with the Gorilla Glue. Yeah. That's it. That's my my craftiness. Back to you. Bring us home. So, yeah, I'm really proud of this one because I feel like... Actually, all other... The three others of these are really in my wheelhouse, right? It's just, like, stuff that I would naturally be able to do or, like... Gorilla glue. Yeah, ideas that I would have, things that I would glue to other things. (laughs) I don't really sew in any way. Um, Like, I have a bunch of sewing kits and, like, I can put a button back on something that falls off or, like, I can... Um, 
rip a seam and then sew it back together. You know, like I can do some basic mending. No, unlike my mom, I am not making child-sized dinosaur eggs. And so, (laughs) wow, Donnie is breaking everything we own. Cool. Um, It's not true. This can't actually break. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm trying to talk on the podcast and you're being very disrespectful right now. (laughs) Uh, Um, I think... This is why we can't record in the afternoon. We're still too hype. Uh, we're not basically asleep right now. So what had happened was I had ripped both of the thighs of ah, a pair yes. of pants, which is shocking. Like sometime between putting the pants on in the morning and then like sitting down on the couch in the afternoon, I had ripped both of the thighs of these pants. And... I'm doing this thing now with my sustainable clothing, and this was a piece of sustainable clothing I had bought. And also, I'm, I read this book about mending clothing that I'm not going to recommend, actually, because I don't think white people should talk about wabi-sabi. Mm. But um, it had given me the idea of, you know... Like, I won't throw a piece of clothing away because it loses a button, but if it doesn't rip on the seam, I kind of have some difficulty fixing it. Mm -hmm. But it had given me some ideas of how to mend something that would not be invisible, but would be reasonable looking to continue the life of that thing. Mm -hmm. So these were black linen pants. The company I bought them from had sent me a like stack of linen scraps that showcased the different colors that they sell things in so that if I ever wanted to buy something again, it would be obvious to me like what their color options were. So I took the black one Hmm. and was able to use that to patch the pants. I didn't know that about the scraps actually. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So I patched these pants. Maybe that will be a discussion for another day. Haven't worn them since. So don't know if I did a good job or not, but in the process of doing this, actually had to buy more black thread because what happens is you get a sewing kit with like 10 colors of thread in it you use all the black and all the white Mm. and then you just have a bunch of other colors of thread that you're never going to use because if you're me you only wear black and white clothing Mm -hmm. not even white clothing because you can't really get white clothing as clean as you want it to be so then i had to go to target and they weren't selling individual threads they were only selling sewing kits so i had to buy another sewing kit to get a big spool of black thread finish this project And suddenly I'm sitting here with all of this sewing shit and nowhere to put it because I had been trying to collect it in this one little pouch Mm -hmm. that I had for my sewing stuff. And I was like, okay, this is getting out of hand. It's difficult to sort through. The spools of thread were starting to kind of like unravel and just get unwieldy. It was stressful. So I started looking on Etsy for sewing boxes or sewing bags for something maybe like vintage or handmade that I could get. And what I kept getting was sewing patterns for sewing bags. Mm. And which like I get, right? Because if you're a person with a bunch of sewing stuff, you're probably a sewer who likes to do sewing. I like that you've like entered this weird rite of passage where like (laughs) there is no buying a sewing bag. There's only making a sewing bag. (laughs) Well, so I also like, I don't want to sit here and claim that I have entered this space because there's some people on the internet I feel like inside the DIY space, sewing is a very particular insular community of people who are very serious about sewing and are very good at sewing, and I am not that. But in this moment, I was like, 
maybe I can do something because the other determining factor in this was that my friend had sent me a really cute cactus tea towel for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice, but we have our towels that we love very deeply. Mm-hmm. And this towel was white as well. And we know how I feel about white towels. Mm-hmm. So I had earmarked it in that moment. It was like, oh, this would be something cool to do a craft with because it's a pattern I really like and it looks really nice, but not necessarily what I would do for like the use it has. Mm-hmm. And in this moment... All of these things came together to congeal as like, maybe this is my new sewing bag, except now I have to sew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I Googled tea towel tote bags, wow. DIY or something like that. And I found one that was really good and I'll link it in the show notes because it's basically the one I used. The person who did this tutorial was actually using two tea towels one to make the bags and then the reason I picked this actually was it was a tutorial that had four pockets on the outside of the bag and I really liked that because it was going to allow me to keep like my seam ripper and my tape measure and things like that Mm -hmm. on the outside and then just put all of the thread on the inside so I liked this pattern I had one tea towel and then I went into our fabric donation bag I was looking for kind of like a complimentary fabric. Yeah, our fabric donation bag is also really full right Mm -hmm. now. We're like about to donate it. So this was a good time to be doing this thing. And what I ended up doing, is this weird to say? I don't know. Now that I'm saying it, it seems super weird. (laughs) There's like a pair of of jeans that Donnie was getting rid of because Mm he ripped them because Donnie is a destroyer of pants. That's true. And it was like a nice complimentary color to the um, cactus fabric, I thought. So, and this is how my DIY projects escalate as well, right? (laughs) At first, I'm just trying to make a bag out of a tea towel. And now all of a sudden, I'm seam ripping one whole leg of Donnie's (laughs) jeans in order to like cut out the amount that I need to make these pockets. And it actually went really well, I would say, on the whole. I got that amount of fabric. I followed the tutorial pretty closely. Um, Maybe in the show notes, I'll kind of put in pieces that I skipped or changed a little bit because this was also a tutorial that um, suggested strongly that you have a sewing machine. Mm. We do not. And also, I'm not... like. Rumor has it that my great-grandmother could hand-stitch something so tightly that you'd never know the difference between that and a sewing machine. That's not where I'm at with my sewing. It's some good, like, family lore. Yeah, it's, like, very haphazard and not cute and, like, definitely not straight or tight, like, any of that. So I did my best, I would say. I think it's Um, great. As someone who cannot sew more than a button back on... I was very impressed watching the whole project unfold. I would say it turned out pretty well. It's pretty structurally sound. Nothing heavy is going in there by any means. Like, it's just a sewing kit. But everything's in there. The pockets are on. There are four distinct pockets. You did that cool braiding thing with the handle, too. So the part of the tutorial is cutting down your initial tea towel. Because if you just fold a tea towel in half, your bag is, like, really long and looks bizarre. Mm. And so I, the tutorial specifies that you use that fabric to sew handles and they have a specific way to do that. Um, 
at that point, I had hand-stitched a whole bag, and I was like, fuck that shit. So what I ended up doing... Right in the high. ...was cutting the extra tea towel into really thin strips and doing two braided handles. Mm-hmm. And that way, I didn't have to sew the handles in order to, like, keep them from unraveling. The braiding together kind of did that. And then I just tacked them on at the bottom of the handle on each side. Wow. Yeah. So that would be a place where I diverged from the tutorial, but kind of was just like making shit work. Um, Yeah, I think it went really well. And I'm really impressed with myself because it's not something that is really in my scope. Hmm. Um, I don't think that I'm going to try to join that sewing community. Like, I don't know that I necessarily want to be much better at sewing than I am. But it was kind of exciting to use this skill and experience it because it kind of like opens up other DIYs that I can possibly do with it. Um, and other experimentation, I would say. I wouldn't sew anything valuable right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, for instance, I just bought a new coat for $40 at a flea market and mm. I'm a little emboldened to see like what kind of alterations I can do to it to make it more my own because I succeeded at this sewing project. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. I think you can do the things you want to do to it. I won't specify yeah. in case we podcast about we it. We might podcast about it. It depends on how it turns out though. It's still <laughs> in the in the early stages. Cool. Yeah, I think that's about it. I mean it's kinda cool too. I've been loosely keeping track. But I bet we did all four of these projects are about fifty bucks. Yeah, I mean the great thing about the sewing bag is that It cost me zero dollars. Yeah. I was literally, like, I was using something that had been gifted to me that I had earmarked for crafting, but then I was going through stuff that we were literally about to donate. Yeah. Thought had no value to us and was able to, like, pull that out and repurpose it, and that was also really exciting. And because I was using that denim material, I was able to use a blue thread that I probably otherwise would never have used. Um... That was not the bookend falling. That was us high-fiving. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been closer to the actual sound. (laughs) So, yeah, that was really also a project that just, like, used stuff that it was exciting to use. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.